Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Battle Line Salute Detroit podcast, and we have our cast here today. The number nine USC Trojans are at home this week playing against the Arizona State Wildcats. We got the crew here. We'll go Arizona, more. don't. Don't disrespect them like that, Arizona State. Don't, don't I said Arizona State. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Arizona <laughs> Wildcats. I apologize. I, I don't apologize. know. Is it disrespectful to call them Arizona State for Arizona or disrespectful to Arizona State to call Arizona Arizona State? I don't know who would take more It's It's <laughs> equal. I mean, that's like it's saying the USC Bruins, right? I mean, uh, or the UCLA Ooh. Trojans. It's, uh, uh, that's, that's, I that's, mean, it's equal. It's equal. <laughs> it's equal disrespect. <laughs> yeah, we'll go around the horn. We'll start with the madman. We got the madman here today, the man with the very astringent vocabulary, the professor. How are you doing today, Jamal? Doing well, coach. Great to see you as always. We're just a little little while to go before a, another great game, so always excited to chop it up. Definitely. And we have the man, the CEO himself, Mr. Ryan Dyrude. Again, twice in one day. How are you doing again today, Ryan? Oh, blessed. See you twice one day. We talked schedule earlier with the 2024, well, the next five years opponents announced for SC, which was fun getting to that, but uh, excited to preview this Arizona game and, and Dorian Singer's homecoming, if you will, and Keon Barr's homecoming against their former squad. So should be a good showing and good to be back at home. There you go. So we have the Trojans at home again, and they're successful at home. They, I don't think they've lost at home since under Lincoln Riley, right or wrong? That's correct. Correct. That's correct. So they haven't lost at home under Lincoln Riley. They get the Wildcats. This is what we talk about. We know that their 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 schedule is backloaded, right? But in a way, this is this isn't really a game to to sneeze at, right? I think Jet Fish has these guys playing harder than most people would expect, right? They kind they're kind of like uh, I say. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like they're not great, but you're not going to leave the way you came, right? They're going to put up a fight, um, and they're going to give you something to talk about at the end of the game. One thing is that the quarterback is out, but even though Deloria is out, Noah Fitta, Fitta, right? Fafita, Noah Fafita. Uh, Played last week, 27 for 39, 232 yards against the Huskies, who are right now ranked number seven. Um, They put up 24 points. At the end of the half, it was 21 to 10. At one point, it was 14-10, I believe, or 14-7. So they, Washington went to Arizona. Arizona gave them a fight. Um, I'm a little worried about this game just because it's been a little weird lately in the and just in general with the Pac-12 like these dudes are playing this year and and the schedule may seem easy for them like you would say but it's their each team is coming and they're giving their best shot to every single team that comes through and that that's what makes the conference great right so only thing I'm worried about is that next week they play Notre Dame Right, and I'm afraid that they'll look ahead. I'm a little shaky on the discipline of this team, and and I'm gonna go there. Like, I just hope that they come out and they prepare to play Arizona. But this should be a game. Got all your guys healthy. 
able to run some stuff. If it goes right, you'd be able to run some stuff and put on a good showing at the Coliseum. They've been on the road for two weeks. You're in the middle of school. It'll be a good refresher for the students. Um, what do you think about this weekend, Jamal? You know, Fred, I mean, it's a really great question. I think on paper, this is the sixth preseason game of USC schedule before the regular season actually begins. Uh, but when you break it down, I think you said it really well. Noah Fafita came in very admirably last week against Washington. That game was a 31-24 game final. And so Arizona was able to really compete. They've got a couple really nice receivers on the outside with uh, Tetero McMillan, who's their leading receiver, and Jacob Cowling, who is uh, a stud uh, in terms of he was a, a really decorated transfer for them. So they've got some speed on the outside. I think the secondary is going to be tested yet again and, and be strained yet again. But ultimately, I think there is a, a rather significant talent discrepancy between USC and Arizona. So uh, I agree with you. I could see this be a competitive game for maybe a quarter and a half. And then ultimately, SC is going to pull away and, and win pretty comfortably just because I don't think Arizona still has the depth to be truly competitive. I think on the one hand, we look at them and say, hey, they, they played – Washington very competitively on the other hand they barely beat Stanford by one and and we know how bad Stanford is this year so Arizona is just as much of a Jekyll and Hyde team as USC is Uh, having said all of that I think it'll be a competitive game for a quarter and a half but then this is going to be kind of business as usual what about you Ryan yeah you know Arizona is just such an interesting team you know Jamal when we were still doing the the LA football show back in June we kind of said Arizona was like this sleeper team that could really surprise people. And because the conference is so loaded, you know, they wouldn't have the opportunity to really compete for, you know, the PAC 12 title, but you know, Jedfish is putting together a nice squad and, you know, he basically tore that thing down to the studs. And obviously they had the one win his first year and then kind of stacked some bricks last year. And now, you know, hopefully they're hoping to reap some of that. And unfortunately with the injury to Delora, they're, you know, maybe seeing a regression, but to know if Afita, as, as Jamal and you guys both said, like played Admiral last week, you know, he's a local kid, Servite high school. Uh, so he's coming back to the LA area and, and I'm sure he'll have some fanfare here, but, but, you know, it's, I think what we're seeing in the PAC 12 and I don't want to underplay each team's ability, but we're really truly seeing home field has a real advantage so far. And the fact that Arizona played at home in the zone of zoo against Washington, you know, maybe that had a huge factor of it being a seven point game. And, you know, that's not an excuse or anything, but I think the fact that back home in the Coliseum, I think that's where USC will be able to really push the pedal. And I agree. I think it'll be kind of, kind of close early. Everyone will be like, all right, here we go again. Um, but I think we'll see that that SD that we saw weeks one through three really pull away. So, um, but there's a lot of talent on that squad, and and they're really building something. But SC, I think, I think as it should be because of how that game ended against Colorado. But they're needing to prove something this week, and so this is kind of a take it out on Arizona game to go out and and show that they are for real. And you know we'll see if they are or not. But that's going to be the mentality. So I think they they too pull away you know later in the second half. Yeah, yeah, right. It's so interesting that, you know, we talked about Arizona kind of being the team that makes that next step. For whatever reason, it it hasn't felt like they've quite made that same step from, you know, year one of Jed Fish to year two just yet. I think Delora being injured has something to do with it. I also think Fish lost a little bit of recruiting mojo this year compared to last year. You know, he was able to get so many guys last year, and we were assuming that momentum would continue 
and he's hit a he's hit a bit of a snag there. So obviously they're improving, they're growing, but I think the the curve of improvement for Arizona maybe not quite as steep as I think their their faithful was was hoping for. But having said that, you know, Fish is a really good coach. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of that, let's go to Ryan. Let's uh let's talk real quick. Let's bring in the the Stone Brewery uh practice report. Anything interesting this week? Uh practice, interviews, injuries. Uh, not a ton. Interesting. Uh, you know, talked to coach, uh, Simmons receiver coach. And, you know, obviously the topic came up about Mario Williams, you know, he's had some, some drop issues, if you want to call it that, but kind of bounced back last week. So kind of what that was about and, and him just saying, you know, believe in yourself. I mean, you're, you're normal kind of coach speak. We, we just reiterated how good he is, why he's here, why we believe in him. And it was just getting him to get that mentality back. And, and Mario Williams is so funny. You know, he's, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I wouldn't want to talk to me anyway, but he's like trying to leave to go to go catch. He had to go to class right after practice and like, no, you got to come back, talk to the media. Um, but, you know, he asked that and he's like, yeah, it was just it was a mentality thing. Just trying to keep that positive. And, you know, I, I played receiver. And I know that's a real thing. Like if you're not fully confident in your own abilities, like it's very easy to get the yips and start having those drop issues. And you could be the most sure handed receiver not just on your team, but in the, in the country or nation, and you drop one or two, you just get in your own head. And all of a sudden every catch seems like the most difficult catch in the, in the world. So it really is a mentality. So it was good to see him bounce back and obviously reiterated from his coach and, and him. And the only thing I'll say, Fred, really today's press conference with Lincoln Riley, the zoom press conference. Um, I asked him, and I think this is a good point that we can talk about here too, is, you know, when you look at this Arizona defense and I wouldn't say they, they contain or, stopped Washington by any means. They still scored 31 points, but you know, they kept Penix jr. Out of the end zone. They did hold them to their lowest point total of the season with 31. So kind of asked, I asked coach Riley, like, you know, what did you see from their defense? And, and obviously he wasn't going to give away schematically or game plan, but like, how do you, you know, beat that? And and he just kind of went into how they did a really good job of, of stopping the big play. And this USC offense we've seen through five weeks is a lot of their scores come from those big plays. I mean, there's definitely some drives where they've methodically moved down the field, but I mean, there's a, every game, there's at least one 70 yard touchdown, whether it's uh, a quick slant route that just goes to the house or a broken play with Caleb out of the pocket. And Arizona did really good containing Washington from doing that last week. So that'll be a big point of interest this week is, is to see if Arizona can do that against USC or if USC can still have that that greatness and getting those big plays on offense. So those are probably the only key points I took away from practice and the, and the, the little uh, press conference earlier today. That's good. That was your Stone Brewery practice report. Go to your local retailer today and get it to a fight on Pell by Stone Brewery. So we, we've been talking about Jed Fish a lot, and I did, I did a little bit of research. I didn't want to be the, hey. the dunce in class. I wanted to keep up with Jamal. And – I just want to name all the places that Jeff Fish has been. He GA'd at Florida, Houston, Texas, Baltimore Ravens, Denver Broncos, Minnesota, Seattle, Miami, Jacksonville, Michigan, UCLA. He was the interim at UCLA. Uh, he was with the Rams. He was also with the New England Patriots, and he's now with Arizona. <laughs> well traveled. <laughs> yeah, and 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 when you look at all the people that he's been with, right? So Dom Capers, Brian Bellick, Mike Shanahan, uh, Pete Carroll. And that Pete Carroll thing is interesting. 
We're going to come back to that because we're going to talk about who Jed's Fish offensive coordinator is. Jacksonville was his only dud. He was with Gus Bradley. He was with Sean McVay. And, of course, he was with Bill Belichick, right? Uh, and he was with Tim Brewster. There's the dead right there. Spent some time with Al Golden. Al Golden's okay. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. He was with Jim Harborough. And then, excuse me. I apologize, guys. And then he was with Jim Mora. And then he became the interim of Jim Mora, which I still think Jim Mora is a very good football coach. If you don't believe me, go look at what he's doing at UConn. You talk about not having anything. <laughs> talk about not having anything and trying to make something <laughs> like he he's doing not he's not bad at UConn. Like you know what I mean for it to be UConn. And we're not talking national. I see your face, Jamal. We're not talking national championship, but he's decent. <laughs> don't 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 say stuff like this, Fred, because you're just you know it, you're just perpetuating the the UCLA myth that Jim Mora is a good coach, and you know that's a different conversation for a different day. I got you, but so. <laughs> Like and like you guys said, like we we this is something I think is worth touching on. Jeff Fitch is going to have his team prepared. He's been places and he's been with a lot of good coaches. He's been with two Super Bowl coaches, right? Well, three. Sean McVay. He's been with a good coach and Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh is, is a good coach. Like he can he get over the hump? No, but I mean Al Golden's okay. He's been with Bill Belichick. Like he's have he's had it. Put it like this. Jim, not Jim Moore. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> still laughing at yeah, I'm still laughing at what Jamal said in my head. Jed Fish hasn't turned the program around, but the product that he's putting on the field is a lot better than what he took over from um what is the coach's name? He was at Texas Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. It's a lot better than what Kevin Sumlin put on the field, right? The numbers may not show it. That's fine. But the product out there is a lot better. So this, like I said, this isn't a game just to laugh at or, or to count it as a switch. Will we win? Yeah, we'll win. But now at the end of the day, this is a time where you really have to beat this team 70 to zero. If all games of all games to beat a team 70 to zero, this is the game to do it because now we're at number nine, and we're falling in the rankings because, and I don't blame us. I don't blame people for having us fall in the rankings because we don't look like a championship team, right? This is the time to to legit show. Okay, we are a championship team. When we go to South Bend ne- next week, be worried, right? You better put that negative in front of our numbers because it. it they should go in as the favorites, but. They're not performing. SC's not performing at the level to be considered a championship team. Show this week that you are a championship team. And I'll get a little, I'll get into it a little bit later. I got my whiteboard ready. So uh I'll show a little bit of stuff that that you could do that will make them better. But Ryan, what 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 is your opinion, you know, on the Jed Fish thing and what the expectations for this week? Yeah, well, it's crazy. Jed Fish is only 47 with how he's traveled all over like i don't know yeah. how, i don't know how these coaches have families man like i don't get how they do it like I, i'm gone for a weekend and it's like it's it's hard to do so um, we'll have that conversation no, one day off the air it's 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 if you want it's it's tough yeah oh i bet <laughs> I, I can't imagine so uh no i'll keep it brief and then we can toss over jamal but I, you know i really think if this if this game was in tucson through six weeks, this would be their toughest game so far. And that's no disrespect to Colorado, who obviously put up a great fight and and came back in that game. But 
defensively, Arizona is much better matched than Colorado. And so if this game was in Tucson, I would be much more concerned about this game because of what has been built. And, you know, we just talked about it, what they were able to do against Washington and kind of go tit for uh, tat with them. So, um, but I agree because it's at the Coliseum because of the way SC, you know, had that let down at the, in the second half last week, because you have Dorian Singer, Keon bars, I even messing Christian Roland Wallace, who's also formerly of Arizona. You, so you have all that extra stuff. Like this needs to be a game where I don't think it's going to be a 70 to nothing game, but it certainly could be a, should be a 48, 52 to kind of 14 or 20 game. We'll do predictions later, but I think you do need to make a statement, not necessarily just even at the final score, but in that second half showing that you can finish a game and you need to get back to finishing games before going to South Bend where it's going to be a slugfest in terms of just, you know, smash mouth football and what Notre Dame does on the ground, which we'll get to next week. But yeah, you got to have a statement in that second half. Mr. Jamal, the madman, the mad scientist. Yeah, you know, the the interesting thing about Arizona's defensive performance last week is they sucked. But the the reason why they why the you know, this is sometimes what happens when you just sort of look at one stat or look at the final score and sort of make an assumption about how they played. They didn't play well defensively. Uh, Washington only had eight possessions. And that was the difference. Uh, it's not like they really stopped Washington. There was one drive that Washington had where the the half ended, and then they had one fumble, and then they sort of kneeled the game out. And so I think Arizona only stopped them really once the whole game. But what Arizona was able to do was, to Ryan's point, not give up the big play, keep everything in front of them. They, they basically sort of played – three three man rush, three four man rush and then put seven eight back and they just said, "Look, we're going to give up points, but we're going to make you take 6 minutes off the clock. We're going to make you take 7 minutes off the clock." And I think that's really where Arizona has an opportunity tactically. They didn't do anything. That Arizona's not a good defense. So, let's eliminate that narrative right now. Penix still had 363 yards on 30 for 40. I mean, he he carved up that defense, but the difference was they made what they didn't give any cheapies. They didn't give up the 70 yard touchdown. They didn't miss tackles that turned a 20 yard gain into a 50 yard touchdown. They made Washington sort of earn everything they could do. And that's, I think, the mentality that Fish is going to have. Let's limit the possessions because that was one of the problems in that USC Colorado game. SC had the ball like 14 times and Colorado had the ball 13 times. And so, even if you get five, six stops in a game, you're still giving up seven scoring drives. So I think that's a losing proposition for both teams. I think what Jed Fish is doing right now is basically saying, look, I know I'm deficient defensively. And not even that, the, the level of quarterback in this conference is just so high. There's really not a lot you can do, but let's make them eat up clock and let's limit the possessions that way. So that's the interesting chess match here is, no one's even been able to make SC chew clock on their way to their scores. Can Fish do a little bit of that? Can they start playing Caleb the way NFL teams were playing Mahomes two years ago, right? With the two high safety and just force them to dink and dump their way down the field. And even if you give up a touchdown, but you're also giving up six and a half minutes off the clock. So now you have fewer possessions and so does SC. And that's how you kind of stay in the game. So that's what I'm going to be really looking for. Is time of possession 
per scoring drive. And I think if that number is higher, Fish is going to be in a position where he's going to be able to stay in the game longer, given his pedigree and given what he's trying to do. But if it's just big play after big play, there's really not much Arizona can do uh, to hang in this game very long. For our fans on on the Mighty 1090, real quick so they get a chance to hear this, uh, we'll say on you, Jamal, prediction. What do you think the score is going to be? And we'll talk about this later as we continue the podcast. I think it'll be 45-27 SC. Brian? Um, I will go 48 to 20 SC. Yeah, I think a 56-14 game, one of those type of games. And we'll talk about it later as we continue the podcast. Hey, all our fans that have tuned in on ten, on the Mighty 1090, thank you for joining us. This is the Salute to Troy podcast. Live free, fight on. And so continuing on, right, Um, this is actually a homecoming week. And wait, I'm That's sorry. Family, family. uh Join family, the family weekend. weekend. No, yeah, no, no, no. This is a homecoming from somebody on Arizona's team, but I'm going to table that for now. I wanted to comment on something that you said, Jamal. I watched a little bit of Arizona's film, and do you know why they were able to prevent the big play? Do you know why they made Washington earn it? They got out-athleted, right? The, the Washington's athletes were better than Arizona, but Arizona have the numbers. If yeah, you, I, I look exactly. and watch Arizona have the numbers like legit. This is the one time Arizona have the numbers. And a little bit later, I'm going to pull the whiteboard up because they do run a similar formation. And I'm going to show you the difference the way USC plays it and the way Arizona plays it and why it was a little bit harder for um, a bit harder for uh, Washington to score. And like you said, that's a deep step. I, I've never looked in type of possession per what per is scoring which, drive. Per yeah. scoring drive, right? I never really looked at it. Everybody because- just sort of looks at the basic box score and they're like, oh, well, yeah, you know, it was 31. And, you know, you look at previous games and you look at all of that stuff. But there was a lot there was a lot more than met the eye of just a regular box score for those that, that actually watched that game. It really was Arizona playing more seven back in coverage. And, Fred, I know you'll get into more of the nuances of how they got the numbers, but they really were conceding the underneath stuff and making sure that they wrapped up. And I think that's the similar strategy they're going to play here. Now, the question is, uh, is it going to work against Caleb and, and the, the crew of wide receivers? But I'll be very honest with you. Washington's wide receivers, at least one through three, are very comparable with USC's receivers one through three. It's just that SC maybe has five, six, seven, eight, nine, and Washington's receiving core maybe stops at four. But the top end of that group, is very, very comparable. So I think they're going to have some confidence from that perspective that, hey, this worked last week. No reason why it can't again, but we'll see how it all shakes out. And so there, there was one thing I noticed too when I was watching that Arizona-Washington game. Michael Penix Jr. was under center a lot, and I haven't seen very many of his games. I will admit that. This is, and I, I don't I, – this is my way of not looking ahead, right? So I just want to look at the opponent that we played the week before. Is this normal for Michael Penix Jr. to be under center? Like, is that a normal thing for him? Because he played a, quite a few snaps under center. So um, if that's not normal, that kind of – a good defense would have him, given him an advantage. But we got Washington down the road. We're talking Arizona. I was impressed by their freshman quarterback coming in and taking the load, right? and. He put up decent numbers, right? What was uh, let me pull it up? He was what twenty one for thirty something, twenty seven for thirty nine, two hundred thirty two yards, three touchdowns, and he threw an interception. I'm okay with the interception because it's your first game and you're a freshman, right? 
it's a little bit different when you come to SC and you didn't get the SC scholarship and all your family's watching, right? You get a little bit more comfortable. You're still at home, right? This is a big game. Like he comes home. There's a bunch of players on the roster is coming home. Brandon Carroll, that's the family reunion I was talking about. Brandon Carroll is also coming back to the Coliseum for like the first time in a long time. Um, do you think? Do you think that they create a game plan now? And I'll go to you, Ryan, first. I'll go to you first, and then we'll pass it to Jamal. Do you think Arizona creates a game plan, maybe simplifies it a little bit to make Fafita comfortable? And because we know SC defense struggles, right? So do you think they give him something that's in his wheelhouse that makes him comfortable to have to put him in a position to make him successful this weekend? I mean, if they watch tape, then it's it's not very difficult. They don't have to complicate things. I mean, <laughs> ST's, ST's strength is the pass rush. I mean, they've, they've definitely improved the pass rush this year. They have three of the top, like, six pass rushers in the country. Um, but if you get the ball out quick and you can throw a, a two-yard dig route or a five-yard comeback and it can go for 70. So, I mean, it, it, they don't have to – it's not rocket science. If they've been watching tape, just get the ball into your receiver's hands and and make them break tackles. And, and it'll be on SC to prove that that's not going to be their stigma moving forward. But until it's proven otherwise, that's that's the way to beat their defense is, hey, don't overcomplicate it. We'll, we'll run between the tackles and we'll get quick throws out and not let your pass rush get to us because that's the one strength SC's defense has had. And so, yeah, to answer your question, it's, uh, yeah, they, they should simplify it, but I mean, every team should. It doesn't matter who's your quarterback. That's just kind of the recipe to beat this SC defense, at least what we've seen through through five weeks. What about you, Jamal? Fred, I mean, is the question, should an offense be simplifying their game plan because of SC's deficiencies, or should Arizona be simplifying the game plan because they're an underdog in a hostile environment, or because they're starting a new quarterback, or is it all of the above? It's just more of this is the second start for a fresh, a true freshman quarterback. Yeah, I, I think what I think was sort of what's interesting is Fafita's five eleven, and so you know that eye level is going to be very interesting with this pass rush when you've got Bear in the middle and Solomon Bird and Jamil in particular. Those are the three guys with at least fifteen pressures on the season. And so those are the three top pass rushers. Is he going to be able to see over the top of those guys uh, given that sort of pass rush? And I think that's going to be very interesting to see how he plays with that. And I look for him to potentially early in the game go to Coleman in the flat, their running back, who, who seems to be a very serviceable receiver. He's a top five receiver on their team. And I think, the, but the game plan, as Ryan said, is look, you got to just get the ball out before the rush comes. And I think the key also is to, to run the ball enough. I think one thing Colorado did last week is they ran the ball in the first half, even when they weren't getting yards, just to kind of neutralize that pass rush. SC got sacks in the Colorado game on very, very obvious passing downs, third and 15, third and 12, and they just pinned their ears back and came. I think SC's first sack last week was well into the fourth quarter. And, you know, Ryan, I know we, I turned to you and I was like that. I think that's the first sack of the game. And, and, and sure enough, it was. So I think the key here is going to be get the ball out of Fafita's hands quickly. If it if he can't see over the top of the rush, make sure he uses Coleman in the flat, rolls out to a strong side, and, and sort of buys time there, and then run the football with Coleman 
because even if you're getting one yard or two yards, what you're doing is you're neutralizing that pass rush. So when you need to throw the ball on third and seven, there are going to be windows of opportunity. So I think that's how I would sort of approach this. And I think Fafita, the one thing to his credit, uh, Fred, in, in terms of the relationship with Delora, Delora really kind of took him under his wing this year. He's a confident kid. And, you know, one of the, the reports out of Arizona is just how much he was able to galvanize that huddle even immediately when Delora got hurt in that Stanford game. He came in, he was four for four, and, and he really sort of stabilized that team. So I think his leadership is going to play a big role here as well. And so I think, you know, keep it simple uh, with this defense. But I think those are the things that they're going to do specifically in, in how to keep it simple. Yeah, I want to let you guys know that the Susan Chitori broadcast is podcast is brought to you by bet online bet online is where the game starts get all your up to minute lines wagers and parlays uh it's a big time in sports right now we got basketball starting got hockey starting we got the fall classic nf nb mlb playoffs we also got nfl going college football even today so if you want to go get your little next egg for christmas and get the best lines on sports go to bet online Dot ag that's betonline.ag use promo code believe that's b l e a b to get you a 50% welcome bonus betonline where the game starts so with that being said let's get into a little scheme here i got a little something set up for you guys we'll go to the prize picks uh whiteboard We're paying all the bills like today that. ryan i like that yeah we <laughs> won the prize picks whiteboard so this this formation it's ran both by Arizona and it's also ran by USC, right? <clears throat> this is what because USC kind of plays a too high. This is how I see USC playing this, right? And I could be a little bit wrong. They could scheme some stuff up and they could game plan some stuff. That's that's one hundred percent right. But what I do see Arizona running a lot of is split zone, right? And so then we also talk about like we talked about on Monday is you got to have the numbers. The issue with this is that you now have a six-man line, right, which creates a six-man box. We want to be plus one here. SC probably will play it as a six-man box from what we've seen in the past and everything like that. So when you see split zone, you see this guy go here. You see this guy go here. I figured out how to draw the lines, you guys. I'm getting better with this thing by the day. This guy Love goes it. here. This guy will go and cut Practice. that off. This guy will go here, and he's going to seal that backer. This guy will go here. I'm sorry. See, I'm messing up already. I'm nervous. Jamal has me nervous, everybody. What did I do? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so it splits on. I'm sorry. That guy's going to go there. That guy's going to go there. That guy is going to go cut that off. That guy's going to go here. This guy's going to go backside like this. Now, this Y, he comes across. And he's going to go to this guy right here, right? So when you run split zone, most zone plays also, you teach the back to read front side front side A to C. So this is the A gap. That's the B gap. That's the C gap to backside A. Because as zone goes, the holes move, right? So these guys are actually going to move, right? So they're, teach to, they they're taught to read front side A to C. And then backside a that's how you get the cutback so that the, the way you want your back to go is kind of like this if it's not there you bring him back and he goes through this hole the plus in this whole thing is that hopefully this guy doesn't seal back and get this guy right or he gets caught in the wash 
The problem is they just don't have enough because at the end of the day, if they want to just run any type of power or anything like that with to this six man box, there's a hat for a hat. So say they want to run power to the, to the flanker side, to the weak side, right? So you're going to get, we're running power. We're going to run power this way. You're going to get backside block here. You're going to get a run power that way. Yeah. You're going to get, uh, you're going to get a block here. You're going to get a guy that's going to go here and seal that off. And then sometimes with this tight end, they run power with that tight end. So they'll just go and call with gap seal hinge. This guy will just sit here and wait for this guy to come. I'm sorry. Hold on. This guy gap seal hinges or they use either or. Right. So the way I would do it is I'll gap seal hinge with this guy. I'll come. I will pull for the backer for this guy right here. And then this guy comes late and he cleans up anything else, which pulls for that. Right. Then you run power off of this right here. Boom. Right off that hip. He's going to get sealed here. There's not enough players. What I did see, which is kind of pretty impressive by the defensive coordinator at uh, Arizona. Arizona did this. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't practice enough because I'm messing up. <laughs> Arizona did this. Come on, coach. They took, they took this guy, put him here. They took this guy, put him here. And we'll just move this one. And they took this guy and put him here. Now you have a traditional seven-man box, right? Old school 4-3. So, old school 4-3. That's 100% right. And I think I even saw them play this guy like that. And they, play, they went one high. Or they rode it down late. But now if we go back and we start talking about power, and this is the this is why I think Jeff Fish made the people made Washington earn their plays, right? The athletes on Washington was better, but the numbers make sense now. So now you want to run power, right? So if I want to run power, I'm going to down block here. I'm going to go to this guy here. I'm going to go block back here, right? I'm going to gap still hinge this. And then I'm going to come and I'm going to pull for this guy. I'm going to pull for the backer. And I'm going to take this guy and I'm going to pull for the defense in. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's an old saying, once you get an offensive lineman on, the on their tracks, they don't come off the tracks because they're big guys. So they don't come off their tracks. So what happens is if I, as a backer, see flow and I make one step here, I'm already at advantage. Hold on. If I make one step here, and this is how it's taught. If I if I just see flow and I go this way, this guy's not coming off of his tracks. That means there's one more hat over here for power. So as they run power, right, and this guy comes here, there's nobody to block this backwards necessarily. Now, here's mm -hmm. the deal. Sometimes in power, you get the cutback. Who's going to block the cutback player? There's nobody to block the cutback player because they have plus one. They're one more. So if that cutback player comes and reads a slow like he's supposed to, and this running back here comes and he wants to cut back on the power, it should go right to him. So Arizona actually puts the numbers in the box. Now, I will tell you this, and I'll do like I did last week. Let me clean it up some. And I will show you guys how I will play power. So. We get this. I always want to be plus one. I'm going to put this defense alignment in the gap because this is now my this is now 
technically this my strong side. Real so. quick, this is Go how ahead. you would play power. This is how you play power defensively or offensively attacking. It. Defensively, defensively. Okay, that's the way you would do defensively. Yeah, defensively, right? So I'll play here. I'll put this guy right here in between that gap. I'll tell him. I'll tell him you're playing right here in between that gap. You just blow that gap up, right? You blow that gap up, right? Seal that up. You play the one technique, play the three technique, which I already had. Then you play the nine. Make these guys a little bit more realistic. Right? So we're going to make it a little bit more realistic. So now, now. I would do it the exact same way. The only difference is that this guy is now what, like I said, what I would call either a rover or a strong safety. doesn't matter, right? They're protected by the guys in front of them. You get what I'm saying? So it's really simpler to what Jeff Fish does, but the only thing is that I'm going to use this guy and I'm going to protect him here, right? So as I get power, right, and I see this guy, I see this guy blocked down, right? He's blocking down. My first reaction is to get on his hip, and it's called Elephants on Parade. I want to take my hands and put it on the numbers of his shoulder, and I want to throw this down, and I will now want to become the guy at the end of the line of scrimmage. When this block comes, when whatever pull comes, so say this is the first pull that comes for him, right? Even if it doesn't come for him, if he's going, I want to take it in what's called I want to take it in what's called a wrong arm. I want to attack that inside shoulder, right? And once I attack that, I want to create a pile. Once I create a pile, when this pot, when this pull comes, he should run right into that guard, right? Now my backers are completely free. So no matter what happens, even if he tries to cut back, I still have a free backer here and I have a free backer here. He may get cut off and that happens in football. Players get blocked, like I always say. So, I want to be able to create a pile here, right? And now I have two backers. I have enough in the box. One, two, three, four, five, six. I have four, and then I have seven. So sometimes you just got to go to old school football. And like I said, that guy plays center field. Sometimes you just have to go to old school football because it still works. It's one of those things, if it's not broke, you don't fix it. So if Arizona goes and puts their numbers in the box like they – like they did against Washington, then USC is going to have a little bit of problem with the run game. <clears throat> the issue is if USC doesn't go to the numbers like we've been talking about, this might be a big run day for Arizona. They might catch up and athletically they might not look the same, but it's going to, we're going to have the same conversation again if they did not, if they don't fix their number problem. So that's exactly how I fix it. That was my prize picks whiteboard session, X's and O's. <laughs> Go to PrizePix and put in, go to PrizePix.com, download the app, put in USC LAFB to get a match bonus up to $100. Nice. I'll pass. Look at that. <laughs> Snuck that in there. Let me, let me ask you this real quick to make it more in real time and personnel. And mm -hmm. Jamal, you, you can answer this too. So looking at USC's defense, if, you know, I, I don't think they will make this change, but let's, let's pretend they do make this change. They do a six-man box and kind of go away from the two high safety. Personnel wise, we have we've talked about these five backers that that are all talented, and we we don't see enough of Gentry or Shane Lee or Rayshon Davis. Do you do you put a three backer set in, or do you bring Kalen Bullock down to play in the box as your as your kind of third backer when you're facing that power scheme? 
depends on the down in the situation. And somebody asked me this question on, on, on Sunday. If I'm in any pass down situation, Mason Cobb and Gentry, 100%. I want Mason Cobb in just in case there's some type of run. He'll run the guy down. He'll make a play. Or just in case they decide to run it and play safe, they don't give up the big run. If I'm looking at anything short or anything that's considered a run play, I'm going Rayshon Davis and Shane Lee, right? And there's certain situations where, <coughs> excuse me, where you can mix it up and you could go Cobb and Lee, um, Gentry, Davis, right? Like you just have to make it work and you could play with those things. Now, Ryan, that question you asked right there, that is something you could figure out and have a, and have it answered by the end of game week. So that's not hard. I know that Shane Lee is my run stopper, right? I want to put Shane Lee in on rundowns. I know Gentry's a long body that can play well in pass coverage. I want Gentry in on passing downs, right? I know Rayshon Davis is a run guy, but he also can help him pass. So if you're kind of iffy, go Mason Cobb and Rayshon Davis. That's You could create packages either. And you tell the guy, hey, you stay on my hip the whole game. If I call this package, you better be ready to go. Signal the package in that you're going, and you could fix that easily. That's really easy to fix. And those guys can get all the reps that they need. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The thing I've been preaching as much, they're being put in the best situation possible to excel. And now they become better football players because they're doing something that they're really good at. Yeah. I think what I'm and Jamal, maybe I'll let you answer them. What I've been like toiling in my head trying to figure out is, and it's so hard in the PAC 12 specifically, but just college football in general, because of how offenses spread you out. But do you do a three back set in that box or do you run with, okay, obviously you have two different two back sets based on situation, but if you ever want to have that third man in the box, are you bringing a safety down or are you running with three backers and risking coverage deficiencies? So, I like, understand. Jamal, I'm going to answer real quick, Jamal. I'll bring, I'll bring, I'll bring, I'll bring a bullet down. Bullock I'll down, bring yeah. a safety down. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm worried. I'm, I'm a little worried that we're sort of conflating topics right now because I think, Fred, you started the analysis talking about what Arizona needs to do on defense and, and what Arizona did well against Washington defensively by having the seven-man box. And now we've sort of gone, oh, oh, somehow that's become SC scheme. But I, l let, me, let me try and bring it back here. I think, Fred, to your point, the seven-man box, the traditional 4-3 for Arizona worked really well, and, and you did a really nice job of showing how the hat-on-hat variants can go backside, frontside, where the holes move. But I think the essence of it is that you're always going to have a numbers advantage, A, in the run game, and then B, you're also having an extra person in the box where you can rush the quarterback with greater ease. And so what that does is, if you can make some of these offenses a little bit more one-dimensional where you can take the run game away, you can take the deeper pass game away because the pass rush is going to be more effective with an extra person in the box, now you have to sort of rely on the six, seven, eight-yard pass consistently to move the ball down the field, and that's what's going to chew up the clock and take more time and take more plays. And then hopefully maybe you get a little lucky there's a penalty, maybe there's a turnover, maybe there's a red zone opportunity, and that's how you start manufacturing some stops. So I think that was sort of issue one. I think issue two, Ryan, to your point is, okay, now if you go, regardless of whether you're Arizona or SC, 
and you want to go seven-man box. I think I actually disagree. I don't think it should be Bullock because his ball skills are so superior. What makes Bullock Bullock are, are actually his ball skills. It's not, I mean, Bullock is actually a below average tackler. So I wouldn't want him to be in the box. You're, you're, basically, you're basically taking two things away from him now. You're, yeah, you're yeah, taking yeah. away his ball skills and you're putting him in a situation where it's, it's a weakness. So I would actually look at, I think that seventh man in the box either has to be a very athletic linebacker who can go and drop back in slot coverage, or a very physical, strong safety who obviously has the defensive back skills but then can tackle up front. So I think it's a personnel situation. You either, if you've got the athletic linebacker, go there. If you've got the strong safety, go there. Um, If you have neither, you have to sort of find the guy that's closest to uh, one of those two roles, I think, to make it effective. Jamal, you're hired. That was that was actually a good point. <laughs> no, that was a good point. Like Bullock is a better center fielder, so I mean, you do. I would put a a a a better tackler in the box because, like, like the old saying is, it gets loud in the box. You know what I mean? <laughs> that box gets loud, so and a lot of people can't handle the noise. So, and and to clear up, so the first thing that I showed was um, how Arizona will run it, how Arizona and how they're going to make. Um, Maybe not the first thing, but what I showed Arizona's defense and SC runs power quite often more more than more than normal. Like they do run a lot of power, believe it or not. But how Arizona's going to make SC earn the run? So Marshawn right, Lloyd's right. going to have a tougher day. And then what I was showing how SC is going to see if they were to see power because they both run that Y off formation. So Arizona is going to show that Y off and the issues that SC's defense is going to have. Just to clear that up, I, I, if I confuse you guys, I apologize. That's why we got Jamal here. He keeps me on my game. <laughs> no, definitely. But um, <clears throat> let's get back to let's get back to these. Let's let's not get to the scores. Let's just talk about what we want to see this weekend, so we can wrap this thing up, and then we'll talk about our scores that we predicted. So I'll start with you, uh, Ryan. What do you want to see this weekend from USC? I, I just want to see him close a game out, um, which we saw the first three weeks. Uh, obviously, you know, lesser competition, but we saw them close out in that second half in dominant fashion and then get back to that. So, you know, I think this, like I said, if this team was, if this game was in Arizona, I would, it would be, I think a different story, but it's at home coming off that, you know, win, but not a real moral win uh, against Colorado. So I want to see SC, you know, prove their salt as a top five team in the country and, and really, you know, you know, Caleb Williams says all the time in his in his press conferences, like we we're playing to kill. And so seeing them play to kill and actually go out and, and step on the throat and and get a, a big win to the tune of the scores we kind of predicted. So, um, you know, we could get more finite. But I think for me, it's just I want to see him finish. Matt, man. Yeah, I, I think um, to get a little bit more granular, Fred, I am really excited about the McMillan and Cowling matchup with the SC secondary. That's what I'm really looking for. I think Arizona's running back Coleman has struggled to run the football uh, over the course of this season. Fafita, obviously, second career start. He's going to have his moments, and I think he's going to play quite well, actually. But I think really looking at Cowling and McMillan are really good wide receivers, upper echelon receivers in this conference. This is going to be a terrific preparation for the Washington trio, for the big receivers that Notre Dame has, for the quartet of receivers that Oregon has, for the likes of a J. Michael Sturdivant that UCLA has. 
So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this secondary holds up against those two uh, players in particular. And I think regardless of score, regardless of victory, if one of those two guys is sort of north of 125 yards receiving, that to me will feel like a loss in terms of what SC is trying to achieve moving forward. So I'd love to see both of those guys below 100 yards receiving because that will show me some tangible progress moving forward. I, yeah, I got you. So the only thing I am mine is real simple. I just want to see a complete game. And I've been asking to see a complete game for almost five weeks now. I just want to see a complete game by all three and all three phases of the game. I want to see a complete special teams game. I want to see a complete offensive game. I want to see a complete defensive game. I want to see start to finish just a complete game. Now, if they if they get to a situation where Caleb Williams is not playing in the second half, I, I want I want to see a complete three quarters. Uh, but I, I want to see their starters play a 100% as close to perfect game as they could possibly play. And then, you know, and then maybe we'll move up in the rankings, but that would be satisfying. I just want this victory Sunday just to be people just asking questions like, did you see this? Did you see that? Not answering questions like, how do we get better? I'm tired of talking about how do we get better we're past the point of how do we get better? We need to be better. So I just want to see a complete game in that. So let's recap. Let's go back to the analysis of the final score. Jamal, you predict 45 to 27. Why do you predict 25 to 40, 45 to 27? Yeah, I think, Fred, I think Fish is going to have some success, particularly to your point with the 4-3. I think it's going to take SC a little bit more time to score in this game. I think there's going to be fewer possessions. So I think it's going to be kind of seven scoring drives here as opposed to maybe more in, in some of the other games. And then I think defensively, Arizona's going to get into the end zone three times, but I think there's going to be some moments there because of their inability to really run the ball consistently. I think they're going to struggle in the red zone, and SC's going to be able to get a couple field goal stops there to kind of create the separation. So I like 45-27 as a result. You know, that's right around where the line is. The line's been kind of hovering at 21, 21 and a half. So I guess I'm saying SC's not going to cover, but I think it'll be a comfortable win when it's all said and done. SC never covers. <laughs> Ryan, you said 48-20. Why do you think 48-20? Yeah, real similar. I mean, I but I think the the offense, you know, finds their groove and, and sticks through it throughout the game. And and even if it's less possessions, I think they'll kind of have their way, even if it is more methodical, and it, which will be a good I think test for them to have that, that style of gameplay. Um, maybe it's just hopeful on defense after what we've seen the last two weeks that I, I think they'll snap out of it and they'll, they'll put together a much better defensive performance. I mean, we, we don't know until we see it. Uh, but I think this is a game where hopefully they can prove that they can shut things down. I, I think that last touchdown may come in garbage time late. So hopefully the true starters really only give up two scores and, uh, and can prove that, you know, you know, they're at least progressing and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk more next week and, and see what that looks like, but maybe it's more hopeful than anything else. So my theory doesn't work. So I'm not going with my theory. I legit want to see a 56, 14. I am going to have faith. And I, I feel like I'm just going to have faith. And these dudes are going to come out and finally tell people how good they really are. And they belong in the upper extra line of college football. So I see 56, 14, they may give one up early. And then the second one will come with garbage time. Caleb will do what Caleb does. But I think this is – I'm hoping – I can't say I think this. I'm hoping this is the game where they finally, you know, show people that they are a an elite football talent. So, Fred, you know what I love about you is that 
it's go big or go home with the predictions. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't go middle of the road. I mean, last week was 21 to 10. This week is 56 to 14. You want to talk about variance. I mean, it's 35 point difference in terms of how hey, much did, SC's predicted to score week over week. So did you I love hear it, his, you know, did you hear his ASU <laughs> prediction, Jamal? What was the ASU prediction? 70 to nothing. 70 to 10. 70 to nothing. Wow. <laughs> 70 to nothing. Oh my goodness. It should have been though. It should have been like <laughs> they, they had an entry. Come on. Well, man. Like, look, 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 you actually were right in a sense because there were 70 points scored in the game. 42 plus 28 is 70. So <laughs> you got the exact number of points, Fred. It was just the distribution was, uh, was slightly off. Yeah. That's where, that's where the thing, that's where it went wrong. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> You guys got anything else before we wrap this up? No, I think this is a good preview. Excited to be there. Uh, we'll be at the Cauley on Saturday. So if anyone's there, uh, hit us up. Love to say hi. Uh, at Ryan Dyer LAFB, at Coach underscore Row 2, at LAFB Jams on Twitter. Um, but yeah, anyone out at the Coliseum would love to come say what up. Hey, I appreciate you guys. It's always fun when we get together. We'll see you guys on Sunday for Another Victory Sunday. I'm going to put that in the atmosphere. Another Victory Sunday. On Sunday, the actual questions, we're going to answer them. We'll have the full staff there, so this one will be fun. You guys missed the last one. It's actually really fun, and a lot of people really enjoy it. So I will see you guys. Looking forward to it. Uh, Don't forget to go to drinkag1.com backslash salute to Troy to get your five free travel packs and your gear supply of immunity boost. That's drinkag1.com backslash salute to Troy. Nice. You guys, I appreciate it. This has been the Bet Online Salute to Troy podcast. Thanks for all your support and all your, and all your watches, all your subscribes. Tell a friend. Live free. Fight on.